This is Jason Martinez from Flyers Daily, and you're listening to the Flyered Up Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. In the first round of the NHL entry draft has just wrapped up here tonight. And some interesting storylines going throughout the first round. But for starters, that first round dragged on forever. I felt like I was going to fall asleep the entire time. It was that long, and it just felt like I was going to go the entire time. <laughs> It, it, it was like it's it's no knock to the NHL, but just because everything that's going on, everything's virtually, and they got the reporters in the NBC Sports studio. It's just like okay, the, the teams were literally taking the entire clock to take to wait for their pick, and some teams that drafted up to get their picks. Like if you're expecting a team to draft up to draft someone, wouldn't they announce that draft pick like automatically if you know who you're going to pick? But I'm not going to rant on that much longer. That's just like me getting my little nitpick out there. But a lot of interesting storylines in this draft. And especially the main storyline that I think we should talk about right now was before the draft even started when uh, Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, was announcing everything before the draft started, before Alexis Lafreniere was picked by the New York Rangers. Gary Bettman was talking about like when the NHL season was expected to, to start around. And he gave a date right now. Right now it's tentative. But he said January 1st, 2021. So right now we have our our average date right now, our tentative date, January 1st, which is probably where everyone right now is expecting it to be. And, and like Chris, I think we were talking about this maybe like a little bit ago, sounding like the uh, Winter Classic might be the first game that the NHL starts with in the regular season. And honestly, that would probably be a nice little set touch right there to start off a regular season, have an outdoor Winter Classic game right there. So yeah. it's a little nice right there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, one thing I think that, you know, just with the, you know, I, I my thing is, is I think if, if they do that, I think they're really looking for 100% fans. I can't see them spending all that money to have like a certain amount of fans in there. I just can't. You know, if you're going to have like 50%, I won't even think that they do it. I think at most they got to have like 75, 80%. There's no way. Because again, you're not going to, you know, do all that and have a, you know, a fake crowd noise at the Winter Classic. I mean, come on, it, it, you know, it's the winter classic for a reason. It's really for the fans. So again, um, I, I, I think it's good, you know, that we, that we heard that, uh, Batman also did hint on that. They'll be starting talking with the NHL PA, uh, by the end of this week or actually before Friday starts, excuse me, um, with the free agency day. But, uh, one thing that I thought was pretty cool, um, about tonight's draft was just the way that it was set up. I thought it was honestly really nice. Just the way that they handled the, the, like the virtual and stuff. It wouldn't be cool if they got some of the, some of these kids some better cameras. I mean, I think I couldn't remember who it was, but I think I'm trying to think who went seventh. Um, but whoever that was, it looked like his it looked like his camera was in the middle of a fish tank as they went <laughs> on the uh, as they went on the thing um, to as they put it up on the TV. So again, um, you know, I, at at one point the quality was pretty bad. It's you know, Tim Stutzel who got picked third. He literally looked like a Lego. Just because of the way that you know the, the 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 all the pixels and stuff shaped his head, it literally looked like a square. 
Um, he kind of looked like Steve from Minecraft a little bit with that head, but um, <laughs> but again, uh, you know, I I thought it was cool. Um, I thought there was a couple surprise picks to be honest with you. Um, the Devils taking Mook Hamadoulin. I definitely butchered that. Um, and then whoever uh, Columbus took, apparently he was like a fifth round talent, and they took him in the first round. I'm assuming that that, that Columbus's GM, um, he definitely knows a lot more than we do about the kid. Um, but I had I, I saw something that he was looked at as, um, you know, a fifth round talent. I was like, wait a second. I was like, there's no way that just happened. But um, speaking of this, though, there's a lot of talent that's going to come early in this second round. I mean, there are a lot of guys that was like, oh, my God, like there are a lot of guys in here that I honestly could see, you know, could that they look really good to be in early in the second round and even later. Um, one guy I was a little bit disappointed about was Jake Neighbors. I know I talked about him before. He went 20, I believe 27th to uh, St. Louis, either 27 or 26. I can't remember what pick the Blues had. But um, again, you know, Neighbors was a guy I looked at. I was like, if, if he's there for the Flyers, they could take him. It looked like as the Flyers were going on, like they, like the Caps made the trade. And then there was a bunch of stuff. Like I thought they were going to take Jacob Perot. They, they take Tyson Forster, very good pick. Uh, but I'll, 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 I will let you uh, talk about Forster a little bit here. Uh, yes, and as we go on through the uh, NHL draft right here, we'll talk about the Flyers pick right now. And then a little after when we're done talking about Tyson Forrester, we'll get into the, like, the over-summary of the rest of the first round of the NHL draft and what team, who they picked, and what, where, and why. So with the 23rd overall selection from the Philadelphia Flyers, and I like what they did right there, honoring the uh, late scout right there for the Flyers. It was just a nice little touch right there, former assistant coach. It was a, it was a little bit of a touching moment right there. And there was like also some people on Twitter, which was a, kind of a little bit funny because everything that's going on with the Patrick Laine rumors, because the jersey that they had in the back was number 29. And some people were saying, oh, is this jersey going to be the surprise announcement for Patrick Laine being <laughs> traded to the Philadelphia Flyers? I was like, okay, people, <laughs> it's it's funny, but like you're ruining it like a heartfelt moment right there. But with the 23rd overall pick, the Flyers select from the Barry Colts of the OHL, and he's listed as a center and a right wing. It's Tyson Forrester, and like Chris just said, love the pick. I love the pick, and where Tyson Forrester was expected to go, he was averaging around the late first round, around like pick 29 to the early second round. Some mock drafts had him as early as 15, some had him as low as the mid-second round, but when you look at at the scouting report for Tyson Forrester, it's nothing but, oh my God, how did no one else see this type of talent that this kid has? So if I'm looking right now on elite prospects and I'm looking at the little summary that they have on his scouting report, he has the best shots in the entire first round of the NHL draft, the mm -hmm. best shots. And he has sniper men. He has a sniper elite potential. And I'm just like, huh? The flyers. I, I, I saw, what? yeah, I saw on Elite Prospect. They said he had the best shot in the draft, or is he, I, I, was it? I can't remember if they said best shot in the draft or best shot in the first round. Um, but but it doesn't matter really. It's still very good. Um, but like, dude, I saw that. I was like, okay. And then I I looked up some highlights. I was like, oh my god, dude, this kid looks just like he look. He looks like Eichel. Seriously, he honestly reminds me of Jack Eichel with a little bit of Nolan Patrick mixed in him. Um, you know, they talked about his defense and skating is something. Button said he didn't think the skating was an issue. He said it was the physical. 
his physical, you know, the, just him getting a little bit bigger. The thing is with Winger, I think obviously that'll all, you know, develop over time. Same with the skating. Um, the defense can be a little bit bigger, uh, or a little bit better, excuse me. Um, but again, it's something that can develop over time. But man, that shot looks deadly right now. And if you look on Elite Prospects right now, his whole scouting report right here, he's 18 years old and he's playing for Barry of the OHL, the Barry Colts. He is six foot two, weighs 194 pounds. He is a right handed shot from Alliston, Ontario, Canada. And a little bit of the summary of his scouting report right here. He's most comfortable setting up shop at the top of the left face-off circle, which also intrigues me right there because they're saying he's also a power play specialist too. And if he sets up shop on that left face-off circle and he's a right-handed shot, that kind of reminds me of a Ovechkin type of office, a Patrick Laine type of office. And I'm just like, woo, I'm very intrigued right here. And the rest of the summer goes... So from setting up that left side of the face-off circle, he takes cross-site feeds and one-timing them on net with a lot of power. He has a very powerful one-timer right there. He sets up his feeds really well, scanning the ice from where his target will be, looking on the pass and threatening to shoot. He's got one of the best shots in the draft, can see the ice well, and possesses plus defensive instincts. So right now, like what Chris said, one of the big knocks on his game right now is more of his skating ability. They were talking about that on NBC Sports during the draft that his stride is a little bit uh, iffy right now, but it's a work in progress type of thing. He's only 18 years old, and he's he's a work in progress right now. If you look at his stats from this past season with the Barry Colts of the OHL, he played in 62 games in the shortened schedule, totaled 80 points, had 36 goals, and 44 assists right there. So a very nice season right there, a very nice goal total, and a very nice assist total right there. He's pretty evenly spread, if I do say so myself. And like I said, the one thing that stands out is the shot, elite shot potential. He can pick the corners of the net. He has a lethal one-timer, and he has an electric release. It's one of the quickest releases in the draft. It's one of the best shots in the draft. And I am very happy. Like, like when you hear... You don't hear the Flyers, honestly, and their prospect pool having a guy that could be a sniper. And I like what Chuck Fletcher has been doing in the past two drafts in the past two years. So last year in the second round, he takes Bobby Brink, who had one of the best shots in that draft. And now he takes probably the best shot in this draft in Tyson Forrester. And some of the player comparisons that they had for Tyson, NBC Sports Network had him listed and maybe a comparable to a Corey Perry. And when Corey Perry back in his prime was actually a goal scorer and not more just like that agitator type guy, bottom six forward. And then one of the primary comparisons that he has is a guy like a TJ Oshie. And that makes me a little bit excited right there. And I like what this kid has in the works. Like I said, he's a work in progress. But Chris, any more things right here that you like about Tyson? I mean, honestly, I think the one thing is the power play. Like that's huge too. I mean, that could really develop into something. Um, it honestly makes me think if that could be maybe the Flyers line A, you know, and then again, I'm not, you know, I don't want to set an expectation on the kid, but it's just something to think about with all the rumors with line A, they, they draft a sniper line A being looked at as a sniper, you know, 40, 50 goal scorer. Um, it definitely is something to really be excited about. Um, honestly, it makes me wonder if any, if, if this pick had anything to do with the Flyers taking New York last year. Now, one thing I will say about it though, is that, and, and now I'm starting to think, and Amadeo, I'm going to ask you this. 
Do you think at the time the Flyers thought that Cam York would pan out to be the better player than Cole Caulfield, and that's why they took him last year? That could be a possibility right here. And you can also look at maybe Chuck Fletcher was just looking at more what the team needed depth-wise in the prospect pool rather than because they had a lot of forward prospects at the time. Maybe they just wanted to look at the defensive side, but right here they were focusing on, I would say to them, their version of best player available. And right now they took maybe the best shot available in the draft. And I like it. Yeah. 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 And, and I agree too. And, you know, and maybe it makes me think like if, you know, if they took York last year, they pass up on the goal scorer, they pick a goal scorer this year. And again, I don't want to, you know, make it like that that was the reason, but it's just something I was thinking about, especially when, you know, I believe Brett Flair had said, um, you know, with the whole thing of, you know, are they going to take the best player available? And again, you have to look at the team's position of what they need. And that's really like best player available for the team. Um, Like, honestly, like, for example, like to me, if a guy like like for Nashville, like they take Askarov, right, it's something they needed. They needed a goaltender. Obviously, you got Rene. You know, he's leaving a little bit Carolina team that honestly needed a really good goal scorer. They take Seth Jarvis. So, you know, there are a lot of things. Um, I honestly think one of the steel picks of the draft was Marco Rossi to the wild. That's a really nice pick for Minnesota. Definitely is. And just going over this first round in general, like the pick of Tyson Forrester right here, but let's move into the rest of the first round of this NHL entry draft. And we know the top three that was going into this draft. It was very obvious, uh, kind of like not a secret at this point where the top three people were going to go. So you get with the first overall pick in this NHL entry draft, Alexis Lafreniere goes to the New York Rangers. We all know what this kid can do. We all know what his potential is. So New York, they get probably a franchise face right there in Alexis Lafreniere. And a big story right here to the Los Angeles Kings, Clinton Byfield goes second overall, and he is the highest drafted African player in NHL history. So making some history right there for Clinton Byfield. And he has some and he has some potential right there to go with right there. So a nice pick right there for the Los Angeles Kings. And then Tim Stutzla goes to the Ottawa Senators with a third overall pick. Very nice pick right there for the Ottawa Senators. And if we're looking at fourth and fifth, Detroit picks the first, well, not the first defenseman, that's the next pick. Detroit picks Lucas Raymond of the from the SHL. And then Ottawa with the fifth overall pick, they pick Jake Sanderson, the first defenseman in the draft from the USHL. So, uh, Chris, out of the first five picks right here, obviously, like, there's some teams that definitely got the steal with Alexis Lafreniere going to the New York Rangers. But, like, overall, with, like, do you think these five picks fit with the team, like, where they needed? Or, yeah. like, where do you think? I think all of them. I, I wasn't really surprised at Sanderson. I think I, like, they kept showing him on the screen. I was like, dude, he's going to Ottawa. They kept, like, and it, it, like when they did the when they did the preview of the draft, um, or like, right when it started, they talked about like Lafreniere. They went right into Sanderson, started talking right about Sanderson. It was a guy they talked about in the in 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 the preview pre-show, um, whatever you want to call it. But dude, I was like, they're really high on this kid, and I'm thinking like, okay, he's probably gonna go top five. I was like, if they're high on him like that, he's mostly gonna go top five. You'd think they would have talked about Byfield or Stutzel or something like Lucas Raymond, but no, they talk about Sanderson. He goes fifth to Ottawa. I think Ottawa had really good picks. You know, they get. Uh, why can't I remember who they got third? They got Stutzla at uh, third St- overall. Stutzel, yeah. They got Stutzel, Sanderson, and then R- Ridley Grieg. That's some really good picks right there. Um, it's funny, as I 
the tweet that I had showed you just on the screen, um, as I was just attempting to put it on the screen for you just to see if you'd see it, but I, I don't think you saw it. There was already there's already a tweet for Forrester, JVR, and a first for Line A. <laughs> <laughs> He's not oh, even not God. even here not even here two hours and he's already getting trade rumors. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, good old Flyers community right there. Yeah. And I like what the uh, Ottawa Senators did with the third overall pick and the way they announced it. A lot of teams just had a little, a little bit of some creativity with announcing their picks, but Ottawa in their first pick of this draft, they got a uh, Ottawa native Alex Trebek to announce the third overall pick for uh, the Senators. So that was a little nice touch right there. And there's a lot of nice touches going into the other side of the draft. So we go to from 6th to 10th overall. So 6th overall was the Anaheim Ducks, and they picked the Erie Otters from the OHL defenseman Jamie Drysdale with a 7th overall pick from the New Jersey Devils. They pick from the SHL right winger Alexander Holtz. Buffalo, they take from from the OHL in the Ottawa 67s. Ottawa 67s have back-to-back picks at 8 and 9. So Buffalo, they get Jack Quinn. And the Minnesota Wild at pick nine, they get Marco Rossi. And with pick 10 of the Winnipeg Jets, and they did a little nice celebrate, a little nice um, uh, mem- memorial for uh, Dale Howard. Chuck, I might screw up my words right there for some reason. I have no idea why, <laughs> but we're going to fight on. So Dale Howard, Chuck, a nice little mem- memorial right there from the Winnipeg Jets. They had his wife announce the pick, and it was Cole Perfetti to Winnipeg. So, Chris, like, what are your thoughts on picks six through ten right here for these teams? I thought they were all. I, I honestly wasn't really surprised by any of them. As I talked about with Rossi, I think that was a good one at number nine for for Minnesota. Um, as for number ten with Rafetti, I was kind of surprised that he fell. Everybody had him going four. It honestly kind of reminds me of Caulfield a little bit because it was like you know he dropped, looked like he was going to go like top five, top ten, and goes to fifteen. For Perfetti, he looked like top five, top ten. He drops right to ten. So, you know, I thought it was cool the thing they did with Dale Howardchuk. That was nice, um, especially because he, he wore number ten with Winnipeg. He was the number, the number ten pick. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. As for Drysdale, I thought it was pretty cool for Anaheim. Um, I thought it was honestly kind of obvious, especially with the way that he kind of fell, um, you know, as two defensemen. As, and really, I was thinking that Ottawa was going to take Sanderson and the Ducks or Ottawa's going to take Drysdale, and the Ducks are going to take Sanderson, excuse me. Um, and then, you know, Jack Quinn goes eighth. Pretty good pick there for Buffalo. Um, definitely definitely a really solid top ten, to be honest with you. Um, honestly, it, everybody had, was thinking Stutzel going three. I was like, dude, no. I was like, or Stutzel going two. I had him going. I had Stutzel at three regardless, and I had Byfield at two. I was like, dude, he, like, I, if I'm, if I am Los Angeles, I'm like, okay, you need a center. He's six foot five and he can score and he's fast. He looks very good player, right? I'm like, dude, like take Byfield. I was like, you got to take Byfield. I was pretty happy that they did um, because, again, I think he could be a really good player. Um, and again, he is the, I believe he's the highest African American uh, black player uh, to be selected that high ever in the NHL draft. So that was actually really cool. Um, and that was one thing that, that they had brought up uh, on the on the interview they had with Jamie Hirsch from NHL Network. Um, so that was definitely cool to see. Um, and, you know, Byfield himself talking about he wants to be a role model uh, and things along those lines for, you know, younger players and things like that in the NHL. So that was definitely a cool moment there. Uh, and I'm sure he will definitely be a role model for many to come. Um, but again, I thought it was a really, uh, a really good top 10. Um, then you got Askarov. He went 11. That was a very, honestly, I had, I really had Askarov going from either nine to, to probably like 14. 
I think really the three teams that could have gotten him were Minnesota, since they just traded Dubnik, Nashville, um, and then you could have had Carolina or Edmonton, right? They're two teams that, like, um, I believe the Oilers have both their goalies in free agency right now. They're both unrestricted free agents. You got Carolina with Mrazek and Reimer in the next couple of years. Nashville, as it's talked about with Rene, Soros, definitely good thing for Nashville to lock up Askarov. Um, and it's funny, I, I don't remember what the exact stat is as of right now, but it, I believe Askarov is the first goalie. I think he's like the first goalie to go. I, I don't remember what it is. It's like it's either he goes like outside the top 10 or something like that. I think he's – I can't remember. I honestly don't remember what it is. I think it's – I think he's the first goalie to go like top 20 um, outside of uh, – of uh, as a goalie. I think he's top 20 outside of like all the other goalies to go um, in like the last decade. So I think the other one was – I think it was Spencer Knight. Yeah, Knight. He won a couple years ago. Um, and I apologize right now. I could not remember what the exact tweet was about Askarov, but um, again, I thought it was I thought it was really cool with the just the way that they did the uh, those picks there, um, and then especially how you know Nashville had Roman Yossi come up and select Askarov. So that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, just like I was praying that Askarov did not get selected by any team in the Eastern Conference because I would have screamed and I would have been upset and I would have been afraid. But Askarov, yeah. he has all the potential around him, circling around. He's Carey Price. Yeah, he's getting compared to Carey Price. And he's probably the best Russian goaltender to come in the draft probably since Andre Vasilevsky. So that's uh, some bitty, I pretty big high ceiling right there. I think the three Russian goalies are Vasilevsky, uh, I believe Samsonov. That, that went really high. Vasilevsky, Samsonov, um, and now Askarov. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I think Samsonov was the last... Um, Russian goalie to go in the first round, and he went later in the first round to Washington. So Askarov goes a little bit higher, and Askarov, out of those three goaltenders, he's went the highest. Vasilevsky and Samsonov both went in the late stages of the first round. So Askarov has some a uh, little bit of boots to climb right there. He's got some. He's got a pretty high ceiling right there, and it's going to be very scary. So Nashville, they get a goaltender of the future right there. After right now, most likely Pekarene. He's got really on the brink of retirement right now. He was their franchise goaltender, so now they got a new guy coming in maybe in the next year or so. Because now with the young goaltenders, maybe teams are not as afraid to rush them up into the NHL. Look at guys like Carter Hart. Look at Shesterkin, Merz Lincolns, all these goaltenders right here. So you never know in the next few years. So with the number pick, 12 pick in the NHL draft, Florida picks Anton Lundell. And with 13, this was one of the picks where a, one of the cameras was just really messed up. The Carolina selects from Portland of the WHL Seth Jarvis at pick 14 for the Edmonton Oilers. They pick out the first college draft pick out of this draft, Dylan Holloway. And with pick 15, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they pick Rodion Amaroff from the KHL. Pick 16 of the Montreal Canadiens, they pick Caden Gould from Prince Albert of the WHL. Pick number 17 of the Chicago Blackhawks, they pick Lucas Reichel of the DAL, the DEL. And the 18 pick was one of the New Jersey Devils picks from the Arizona Coyotes. They pick out the QMJHL Dawson Mercer. The New York Rangers pick number 19. They traded up from Calgary. So Calgary gets a couple picks and the Rangers move up. New York pitch picks Braden Schneider from the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. And with the 20th pick in this draft from the New Jersey Devils, they pick maybe the most interesting name out of this entire draft out of the KHL, Sakir Mukhamid. <laughs> 
Mukamadillion. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I yeah, say. Try to say that five times fast. I cannot. I'm definitely dude, dude, not going to try that. That jersey's shoulder to shoulder, and dude, dude, the the letters might be coming off the off of this off his jersey. It might be going around on the, on the shoulder there. It matters. May as well just wrap the entire name around the shoulder of his jersey, like going around the front as well. Like that. Like that. That is a mouthful of a name right there. <laughs> Sakir Mukamadulin. I think that's the right pronunciation right there. So uh, that's a little bit of a, I guess that's more of the riskier pick right there for the Devils since they had two previous picks in this draft. And there was two teams that had three first round picks in this draft. It was the Devils and the Ottawa Senators. So when you pick basically with your first two picks, you get some of your needs right there, some of the best players available. Maybe with that third pick that you have in that first round, you could take a little bit of a risk right there. So right there for the Devils, they get a third pick right there. So let's continue on in this draft. So what Chris said, the uh, one pick from the Columbus Blue Jackets at number 21, the guy was talking about possibly fifth round potential right here, Yegor Chinikov from the KHL. So it's a pretty of an interesting stretch right here from Columbus. Uh, maybe they know something we don't. So uh, Chris, do you know Do you know anything that we don't? Like I never uh, heard of this kid. <laughs> never heard of him. Like, like their GM looked very confident in picking them. I was like, okay, maybe it's something that they know of. Maybe it's something their GM knows that we all don't. And he's probably going to make us look all look, 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 make us. Oh my God. Make all of us look like idiots. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, me and you were just cannot speak tonight, but is it me or does Seth Jarvis kind of look like Sid from Toy Story? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, if you, as I put both of these pictures up here at the same time, like oh, they God. really do look kind of similar, like with the teeth, the haircut and everything, but all jokes aside, um, <laughs> Seriously, if you're listening to this right now, look up a picture of Sid and then you know save it, and then look up look up another one of Seth Jarvis, and it looked pretty similar. <laughs> but but again, um, you know, I thought it was you know again, I I was like, dude, once Carolina got Jarvis, I was like, damn it, man. Um, I probably said a word worse than that, but um, I was like, I did not want a team in the Metro getting Jarvis. That was the one thing. If I did it, I wanted it to be the Flyers. Um, you know. <laughs> They're going to have to play Jarvis at some point four times a year. Going to have to play Lafreniere four times a year. This is going to just going to be great. But, you know, the Flyers, you know, they're getting better. As the Metro gets better, Flyers get better. So that's the thing. I should even, I honestly could say the Flyers even get more, get more better than that. Um, it's crazy too with this because they're, they're talking that they're, they're like, they're, they should, they just showed this on initial network of Lafreniere and then Crosby. And LeCavier is the three that went to Ramuski that were number one. LeCavier 98 and then Sid in 05 and now Lafreniere in 2020. But like, I don't like as, as good as this kid is, and no disrespect to him, like, I don't think you can you really compare anybody to Sidney Crosby? No. I can see Vanilla LeCavier. I definitely could. But Crosby is just a whole nother level. And I love what Lafreniere said about that. He was like, you know, you know, he, he said, I don't remember the exact the exact words of what he said, but he said, you know, he has to control his destiny. And he, he's like, he's Alexi Lafreniere. He's not Sidney Crosby. You know, mm-hmm. that tells me this kid's got a lot of confidence. He knows his skill set, you know, and he, he's he's going to be a very good player. I, I know that. Um, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a situation for the Rangers of like what Kako is in right now. And again, it's nothing against Kako because it's, you know, the kid is very young. It's one year in the NHL. Um, I, I can't see him being looked at as, as a bust if he doesn't perform right. Um, you know, I just can't see it. I don't think that'll happen, but if it does, you know, it definitely could be something to consider because there's going to be a lot of fans that start to, you know, just start 
harping on these players, um, especially because this is looked at as such a generational draft and all this stuff. This is going to be something where it's like, dude, I don't, I, I really, just, I'm, I, I really hope it doesn't happen because again, I think this is a really good draft. I think a lot of teams had a really good first round, and I just really hope that there aren't fans out there that think, oh well, if a guy doesn't do this, he's a bust. You know, I just don't. I really hope that doesn't happen because I think there's a lot of potential and skill in this draft. Yeah, definitely. And if you're looking at number 22 right here, so this is kind of a, um, I guess if you call it, a lot of people did call it a high-risk, high-reward type of pick right here. So this was originally the Calgary pick that they traded back with the New York Rangers, and now Washington trades for this pick from Calgary. So Calgary just like bolstering up on draft picks right here in the later stages of the draft. So Washington, now they're picking at number 22, and they pick from the QMJHL center Hendricks Lapierre. And uh, there's a lot of high risk with this pick just because with the mock drafts going into this draft, Hendricks Lapierre was definitely a highly talented prospect coming into this. And he was projected to land around the 15, between 15, 16, like in at least the top 15 of this draft. But there was a lot of question marks surrounding him just because of the injury issues that revolved around Lapierre. So during his last season in the juniors, he suffered a quite a few amount of concussions, which really hindered his play. He does say he feels a lot better, and he just started playing once again. But like just with the medical report, there was a lot of teams that were just a little bit iffy with picking that type of player with that type of injury history. In Washington, they were pretty confident. They traded up. They wanted this guy, so we didn't. If just in case he didn't fall back any further, so right here, high risk, high reward type of player. Hopefully. For a kid like Hendrix Lapierre, it works out just because of everything that he's going through. But it's it's, a, it's an interesting pick right there for Washington. And like once again, the Flyers at number 23, they pick Tyson Forrester. And with pick number 24, the Calgary Flames finally pick someone. They pick from the WHL, Connor Zaria, center. And with pick number 25 from the QMJHL, the Colorado Avalanche pick Justin Barron. And then pick number 26, from Edmonton of the WHL, the St. Louis Blues pick Jake Neighbors. With pick number 27, the Anaheim Ducks pick from the Sarnia out of the OHL, Jacob Perot. And this was one of the other snipers in the draft that a lot of Flyers fans wanted the Flyers to select. But I do feel like they got they got one of the other best snipers in this draft. So we'll see how it goes right here. And with pick number 20 in this draft, this is Ottawa's third pick in this draft. They pick from the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. Ridley Grieg, and then pick number 25, the Vegas Golden Knights from Chicago of the USHL. They pick Brendan Brisson. Pick number 30 from the Dallas Stars from the QMJHL. They pick Maverick Bork. And then the final pick of this draft, the San Jose Sharks pick Ozzy Wiesblatt from the WHL. And I love a first name, Ozzy. Reminds me of Ozzy Osbourne for some reason. It's just because of that name right there. And that wraps up your first round of the NHL entry draft right here. So uh, very interesting first round. But before we get towards the end stage of this episode, let's talk about what could possibly happen going into tomorrow. And this circles around what the uh, reports were talking about today in regards to the Flyers news. So we all know the uh, past like week and a half has been very crazy with the Flyers community and the rumors circling around them, especially in regards to the Winnipeg Jets as well that uh, Patrick Laine is possibly being shopped by Winnipeg. And as the news has been coming closer to the day of the draft, it's beginning like very clearer and clearer that the Flyers have been probably the top suitor into 
talking back and forth between the Winnipeg Jets and looking at a Patrick Line deal right here. And it was technically confirmed today from TSN reporters Pierre Lebrun, Frank Ciravelli, that the Flyers have been the most the team that has had most contact with Winnipeg in regards to Patrick Line. But right now, the asking price for Patrick Line, in, in all due respect, is very high, which is honestly expected from a guy of Patrick Line's caliber. If you're gonna looking at a, trading a guy like Line, you're gonna definitely ask for a lot in return. So, uh, in regards to these trade rumors, it's a uh, it's very interesting, very interesting. We've seen some names come up with the Flyers. Some names come up like a uh, Travis Konechny or Travis Sanheim. There's been rumors that de- Winnipeg wants a defenseman in return just because they lack the defensive depth. So, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts about the Patrick Line trade rumors with the Flyers? I'm giving you one thing. Yes. Shane Goss is fair. Scott Lawton could have been that 23rd overall pick, right? Maybe you throw in next year's first or something. And Tanner Legzinski. That is my trade offer if the Flyers are going for line A. I don't think they are now. But if they were, I would have just switched the pick with the 23rd. I would have did Ghost, Lawton, uh, Legzinski, and the, the, whoever the Jets would have taken 23rd overall. Because think about it. It's four NHLers. It's four NHL players, right? Ghost, Lawton, whoever they pick at 23, right? Definitely would turn into an NHL player. And Tanner Legzinski, right? He's rumored to make the Flyers this year. Definitely could with Winnipeg. That could have been something. Um, that's what I would have given up. Uh, I know they talked about Ghost Lawton in a first for Johnny Gaudreau. Obviously, that's really cooled down now, but that was something they talked about. And I said to myself, well, if that can go for Johnny Gaudreau, why can't they go for Line It's You know, I think they're honestly same. I should, Definitely not skill. Um, but you know, they are very good players in this league. So, you know, they're known as superstars, things like that. Um, I don't think the flyers do a huge trade. I think the thing is, it's most likely going to be hockey trade. Um, and you know, as you talked about with Calgary, how they finally picked, they made two of the trades. Um, they, you know, they traded back and traded back again. Um, Rangers traded up to, uh, Labriere, like you said. Um, and then the same with the rain, the Rangers when they took Schneider. So, Again, um, it was looked at that the Rangers and New Jersey were looking at Schneider, um, and I think that was why the the Devils ended up taking that the, that defenseman who I will completely butcher his name, um, Muka something or other. Um, you know how I'm the talking. Name about. Is, that name is very heavy ha- mouthful right there. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 seriously, again, as I said, try saying that five times fast, he'll probably throw up. But uh, but again, um, you know. I look at it as like, you know, I think, I think really, I, I thought that the Devils needed a defenseman. I think that's why they went D, D route. I think the Rangers wanted another defenseman as well. So I definitely could see why both of those teams wanted that. Um, you know what surprised me a little bit? Uh, Justin Barron went to Colorado and I was like, dude, like that's another defenseman that looks really good. And it's another defenseman that Colorado now has. Like they got, you got McCarr. Okay. You still got Bowen Byram. You know, got Justin Barron. Like, they have really good defense. Still got Sam Girard. Um, but going back to what you were talking about with Line A, um, you know, I'm not, I don't really know if it ha- if it will happen now. Um, I know the Flyers were in the front running for it. Uh, I think the thing was is I think what the Jets – I think the Jets want Myers. I think that's my thing. I think the Jets want Myers, and the Flyers probably said no, and that's why they, they cooled down. That's what I'm thinking. It's, again, because they lose three right-handed defensemen – and it's like, okay, we can either get you Sanheim or we can get you Myers. Winnipeg's going to want a right-handed defenseman. They just attract more. And, you know, literally just because they're really they're right-handed. And, like, 
it, it, it's completely understandable for Winnipeg. They just lost three of them in this last year. They're going to want Myers, and he's a very good player. Um, as the Flyers did offer him Patrick and Vorobiev, uh, they, they offered Myers, Patrick, and Vorobiev qualifying offers. Um, so hopefully all three of them will accept. Um, and so I know some people, and, and to go on that, I know a little people were complaining about Vorobiev. All that really means is that if Vorobiev is to leave the KHL and end up coming back to the NHL, Flyers have his rights. So the Flyers still, and still attain his NHL rights. But going back to what I was saying um, about line A is like, you know, maybe they could get him. Um, I'm not really sure. I think the Jets want something maybe a little bit more than Shane Goss's bear. And I think that's why the Flyers said no, because I don't think the Flyers are in a position to give up that, especially when you just lost Niskanen. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm curious to see what you think, though. But you know, one thing I, w- I do want to say about Forster, and I will and I will let you go to get to uh, line A, is that, that they talk about his skating, right? I feel like they talked a lot. Didn't they talk about a lot about connecting his skating when they drafted him? And that maybe 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 been one of the reasons why he fell. I didn't see that in DK at all. I don't see any problems with connecting skating. I know that they've hit. I saw this on Twitter from Yuri Wallach. He had said that they, and I've also talked to him about this before too, is like with Limblom. They talked about Limblom with his skating too. And he's probably the best flyer fifth round pick of probably the last 20 years, honestly, if you go back and look. I'm not really sure, but I, I, off the top of my head, I'd have to guess. So, you know, maybe I, I don't really see it with the skating yet. Well, I guess time will tell. Um, because again, I I had I also mentioned that in my video about Konechny because that was one I had remembered. Um, but again, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I'm curious to see what you think about the whole line of rumors and things like that. And also, one thing I will say is that it looks like the Caps are supposed to be getting Lundqvist. They should be signing him on Friday. That's something that they were they mentioned in the draft. Also mentioned it on on Twitter. Um, and it looks like that the Oilers uh, were looking at. Um, who was it? Oh, my God. Who was the goalie that I said? I can't remember who it was now. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I can't remember what goalie it was. But there was a team. I know it was either Edmonton or Vegas that was looking at goalie. I was like, wow, that's that's surprising. But um, also one thing was is there's also Devin Dubnik got traded too, which is one of the reasons why I also thought Minnesota could got Askarov. I know I'm going off a little bit topic, but, <laughs> again, I'll, I'll let you uh, hint on hint on line here. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just going on, like, off of those little topics right there. With the whole goaltender situation, that's going to be very weird seeing Lundqvist in a Washington Capitals jersey. Very, very awkward, but I I like the move. They got Samsonov coming here. Most likely is going to be the starter for them, so that's a little nice of a mentorship yeah, a right there. Sense. Yeah, a little nice mentorship right there for Samsonov, having Lundqvist as his backup. But then, like, when you're looking at the other – I'll get into line in, in, like, a couple seconds right here. But then you're looking at the uh, goaltending market right here. Braden Holpe is definitely going to be a top free agency guy. Jake Markstrom's also going to be a free agent. Robin Lanner's off the market since he signed his contract five years at $5 million a year with the Vegas Golden Knights. So in uh, looking right like right there, they might buy out Flurry. They might trade him for something else. Tristan Jari just got re-signed by the Penguins. Looking to most likely trade Matt Murray as well. And most likely, if trades do happen, they're going to happen tomorrow. And I know, like, some people, they don't trust the hockey buzz and uh, Eklund and stuff like that. But sometimes he does get his rumors right. He knows a lot of sources within the NHL. And on his one of his draft trackers, has a little bit of a rumor chart right here. So this was coming towards the late stages of the draft. And he was starting to hear a lot of chatter. And he was saying in the later stages of the draft, teams were really starting to make some calls around. And there was a source that was telling him many contingency deals are going to get ironed out where tomorrow night is going to be the key for the trades, whether that's during the draft or whether that's after the draft. 
So you could probably see some trades tomorrow. So we'll just have to wait and see on what happens right there. But to go back on Patrick Line and what I guess right now, I, I mean, like I'm gonna say right here, I would. Who wouldn't want Patrick Line on the Flyers? It's like you, yeah. like snipers he's, don't he's grow on trees. Right on your top line, exactly. Easily. Like players like him don't grow on trees. A player that can score forty to fifty goals consistently mm-hmm. every season don't grow he's, on trees. He is not a second line player. He's a first line winner. He's definitely not. And it's just like. Like from what I was hearing and looking around on Twitter, the asking price, like what the major names that came up for me were Travis Konechny. And that was like, it got me thinking right there for a little bit. Like, would I be willing to give up a Travis Konechny for Patrick Line? That's I like, think it, I think it's a no brainer, no, but that's like, I'm not sure. Sh- it, it just depends on what happens right there. Like, that's well, I, where pers- I personally think Konechny is the better player. I mean, yes, Line can score goals. And yes, he did improve his, his three zone game this year, but. The the attitude is still looked at as an issue. Um, him being a team player, the effort is looked at that it's not there sometimes. Um, Pierre Maguire had hinted that he didn't see it in the Edmonton bubble. The second and third effort opportunities just wasn't there for Line when they played uh, in, in in the Edmonton bubble. You know, Konechny just made it your to your All Star team or made it to the All Star game. Excuse me. Um, led the team in goals right at his best season. He's Point-wise, looking like Giroux. Point-point-wise, point-wise. Please remember, I said point-wise. Um, you know, I don't understand why you would trade Connecting. I also think he's better defensively than Line A. I think TK's a lot. I think TK took a huge step forward this year defensively than than Patrick Line. A. And the contract Connect he's on is just abs- insanely good. Same with Ivan Provorov, too. Because the, if you remember, obviously you know, um, and, and everybody watching this that or listening to this, I should say, um, they were signed around the, the same time, a few days after each other. So, again, they were really good contracts at the time, and they, they still are. I mean, the connecting one is really looking, really turning good here for the Flyers. Um, you know, the thing is, is, you know, you got the expansion coming after this year. Um, I'd have to think the Flyers definitely go 7-3-1 with that. I can't say that they're the eight skaters. I just think it makes more sense to do 7-3-1. Um, you have to think that if you're if you get a key player and a star key player now, you're kicking one of your younger guys out the door. Um, obviously you're gonna have. I mean, if you want something big back, you have to give up something, you know. So that's why I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, they could do connect me. Um, they were also maybe talking about Eichel. I'm not saying the Flyers were involved, but Eichel was looked at by the with the Rangers. I think myself, dude. Like, I I could I would love to see the Flyers go for Eichel. Um, and then I thought to myself, would you do this? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. Would you do this trade straight up? Ivan Provorov for Jack Eichel. One for one. No. I wouldn't either. I think and again, I think Provorov's contract is too good to give up. And he, he dude, I would not be surprised if in the next five years he wins at least one Norris. Honestly. Yeah, and just like Looking at the trade, like people, like I, like like I said earlier, like I would kill for to have Patrick Laine on this team. Like who, who wouldn't want him? It's just like where you're at the stage that you're at right now with the Flyers, in terms of where the team is at, where you're looking at cap space, and when you're looking at the team needs right now. Yes, they do definitely need someone that can put the puck in the net consistently. Maybe a guy that can reach that forty goal plateau, that near that fifty goal plateau. It'd be nice to have Patrick Line, but if you're looking at to make a trade at that to extent, you have to make the trade work for both sides. You're gonna have to give Winnipeg what they want, which is most likely gonna be a defenseman, most likely going to be a 
roster pl- a defenseman, roster player, a prospect, maybe some draft picks right there, and you're going to lose someone right there if you can find a way to make the trade work out. That's the only way I would pull the trigger if the trade makes sense for Patrick Line. I would kill to have him on here, but the trade has to make sense. But then you have to look at the other needs for this team as well. You need to find a top-pairing defenseman yeah. to play with Ivan Provorov right now. That is the major mm-hmm. key. Because it was, I mean, to us, it was like, oh, oh my God, Niskanen retired. What the hell do we do? Patrick, or Patrick, Fletcher's had some time to really think about that. And, you know, I I see them more taking, wouldn't be surprised they make a trade for somebody. Um, I know Bill Meltzer put up a good point on Twitter um, that Vegas was, there was a tweet that Vegas was shopping uh, Nate Schmidt. That'd be a very, very good one, to be honest with you. Um, I think so. Um, You know, I think they're honestly similar players him and Niskanen, honestly, um, you know, uh, Schmidt is a guy that honestly you can probably guarantee at least 25, 30 points each year. He can he can play power play. His cap is a little bit more than, than Niskanen. It's, it's at 5.9. Niskanen was at 5.7, so it's a little bit more. Also has five years left on it. That's one thing you have to consider. Um, you know, I'm not really sure if they do that. The thing is, is like if you go to get Schmidt, right? You get you're moving Ghost, right? And knowing Ghost, he would absolutely light it up in Vegas, absolutely light it up. I mean, he'd go over there and probably play first power play with Mark Stone. I don't even want to think about that. Maybe, no, I shouldn't say first because he got Theodore. Maybe they still use Ghost on that power play. I just don't know where. Um, dude, did you see those Sens jerseys? Mm-hmm. Those are absolutely beautiful. Those are so nice. And you know what I found a little weird, too, with the Sens jerseys, too? Did you realize that when Stutzel picked, um, when he got picked, his jersey had 88 on it? Yep. Like, that was his number. And then every other jersey, I think, had 20. Mm-hmm. I was like, did they? Did he already choose his number? Like, he knew he was going to Ottawa? Probably. I, I mean, I know, I know some teams obviously knew because, again, they have to get the hats and stuff if they knew. Uh, but I was like, dude, like, that's crazy because I, I think all the players – had a bunch of the boxes of like the jersey and the hat for the team, and I'm assuming they had, they probably just used the ones, um, you know, of the teams that they talked to. Like I know, like when I was watching it, when Jake Neighbors got picked, he pulled the Blues hat right out. I'm assuming he talked to St. Louis because it was like right, it looked like he, it looked like he was like right on top. I think somebody, one of his family members or friends, had handed it to him. I was like, it looked like it was right on top of a chair or something. I was like, they, he must have talked to him. So that was one thing I was like, hmm, I wonder. But those Sens jerseys are nice. Um, there's been a couple New Jersey rebrandings. You have obviously Vegas. We talked about that. And Which Calgary goes back jersey. to the retro jerseys. Calgary goes back to the retro. You got the Sabres with the Royal blue now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a nice touch for Buffalo. I hated that dark blue they had. I yeah, the, blue the Royal blue looks a lot better on them. And in the Vegas Golden Knights, their third jersey that they just released. Yeah. Yes. I would love, I would love for the Flyers to get an alternate burnt orange jersey. Like the Lindros. I, I think they, I think they need to go permanently burnt orange. Permanently. I, to be honest with you. I would love for them to revamp the black jersey that they have. I hate that black jersey they have now. I wish they had white to it. They need to go back to. They need to bring back the black jersey from the Lindros era in the mid two thousand. Either that one or the one from like twenty ten. I really, I really did like that one. Um, the one from two thousand ten. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Definitely. But like, dude, like that is. I was like, man, like that Sens jersey is very nice. I like the, I like the logo. I really do. I like the logo. I like the the just the, the whole rebrand itself. I think the Sens honestly look look a very good team now. Now the thing is, look, they're going to be dangerous in a couple of years. I think the honestly, dude, I think they have eighteen picks in this draft. 
Yeah, they have a lot of picks in this draft. Yeah, they stopped. I mean, they up had for three draft. in the first round. Yep, he's got fifteen left in these last six rounds. It, it's going to be, a, it's tomorrow's going to be a fun, exciting, very, I would assume a weird day. I mean, it's just going to be. There's going to be a lot more trades. I'd have to think. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of trades for like guys' rights, like RFA, like like the Hayes deal, right? Yeah, something like that. I could see that too. I mean, I, it, I, I, I you, l- let me ask you this: You think there's anything? That the Flyers do. I, I'm thinking more of a hockey trade, to be honest with you. I'm not thinking of like a huge trade, like the line. I think if that happened, that probably would happen tonight because you have to give up your first round pick. So I'm thinking maybe they do it tomorrow. Maybe they look for a defenseman tomorrow, or maybe they wait and maybe they look on Friday in free agency. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I think, yeah, right now it's a wait and see type of situation, but it's just like as I think about it right now, I still believe Ghost is gone just because. The way the cap is working right now, mm-hmm. you need to find a way to still dump salary if you're trying to go out and get a top pairing defenseman. That's the one problem right there. And my... You need to find a way to clear cap. You need to find... And right now, I know like the whole situation with Petrangelo too. Like I, I feel like, like that's where maybe the Flyers go for a stretch right there. Maybe they look in a yeah. different direction. Maybe a Matt Dumba, maybe an Ekman Larson, maybe like some of those type of situations right there. I'm thinking a guy like Brandon Montour. Free agent. Maybe. But I think, like, you have to look for it's It's just, it's a difficult situation at this point that, where the Flyers are in, just it because is. of how Matt Niskanen hurt the entire situation. Because you expected going into next season, Provorov, Niskanen, Sanheim Myers as your top four. Yeah, you at least had Niskanen playing in your top four because, you know, if, if they still had Niskanen, they could have been doing But then again, Fletcher knew this whole time about Niskanen. So that's yeah. the thing. Maybe that's why he didn't sign Myers yet. Because maybe that's why he knows about, maybe he knew about Niskanen. Um, one thing I want to bring up about Ghost too is, I think they, I think what what happened with Niskanen, I don't think affects Ghost at all. I, I really not. don't. I think the thing is with Ghost is that, no matter what they do, no matter what they say they will do, I guarantee you he will not be used right. No. And I, I, dude, I shit you not. And excuse my language, but seriously, I shit you not. If he is still here, right, and he plays. However many games they have, right, for the season, I would not be surprised if he only played half. They they need to do it where if he has a bad game, okay, keep him in the friggin' lineup. Keep him in the lineup. I'm so tired of them just like, you know, like think about it, right? Provorov, for example, okay? Provorov makes a bad play, right? He's out there in the next shift. He's out there. Ghost makes a bad play. Oh, he's either benched, he's sent down to the Phantoms for a conditioning center or something like that, or he's just, you know, he's out of the lineup for a couple games. They have to keep him in the lineup. That kills his confidence even more because he knows out there, okay, if I go out here, I make one bad thing, it's like, okay, I'm done. I think about it like, I, you know, and it sounds so dumb, but it, it, it does and it doesn't. Paul Bissonnette brings it up on Spit and Chegleth. And he used to say, like, every time he was out there, if they got scored on, like, he knew he was not going back out there for the game. And he's like, if I scored, he was like, oh, my God, like, he might get more ice time. Like, he said he he would average, like, three, four minutes a night. Like, that's nothing. That's nothing for him, you know? And, he, again, a fourth-line guy, like, I think about it, like, dude, like, it, it's crazy because he, he has a point. It's like it's such a role-based league, too. It's like you really can't mess up. And, honestly, I'm at the point with the Flyers where it's like, I'm tired of the stuff with Ghost. If you ain't going to use them, right, get rid of them. Don't waste $4.5 million that you could use very, very 
so you could use it in a lot of smart ways. It it helps you with the expansion draft coming this year. You obviously you get more cap space in a flat cap world. You're looking at 12, 14 million in cap. In a flat cap, when you had nothing to begin with, we were looked at as a team that had no cap space whatsoever. If you're not going to use them right, do not spend almost $5 million for him to sit in the press box. Seriously. If that's what's going to happen, then get rid of him. Because I know they won't use him right. He needs to play a lot of minutes. He needs to play at least 15 minutes a night. He needs to get power play time. And they need to use him right. Honestly, you think about it. Who do they pair him with? I personally think if they're going to pair him with somebody, you pair him with Provorov. Think about the last time he had a good season, right? 17-18 last year, he had a really good year, right? 65 points. And Fletcher's right. There aren't many guys that go around and get 65 points. Very good point. You have to put him with the exact same guy he put 65 points up with. Who was that? Ivan Provorov. Spots open for him now. Give him the shot. If not, you put either Myers or Sanheim up there, and you try to work Ghost in with either Myers or Sanheim. And if that doesn't work or Ghost starts to play good, you give him, you reward him with more ice time. You give him first pair with Provorov, and you see how it works. You know? But if they're not going to use him right, get rid of him. You're wasting our time. You're wasting really the fans' time, their time, our money, his time, when he could be going and playing, you know, more minutes every night and being and being really respected for the player he is. You know, that's just my thoughts. I don't think many people are going to agree with me. But again, um, I, I, I'm I'm tired of the, the talk. Like, dude, if you're going to use him right, then use him right. Don't don't continue to say it and then not do it. Because, again, I look at AV, and I'm like, I don't think AV has much confidence in this guy at all. No, he does not. And I just, like, that's why I keep thinking about where it's just basically where he brings up all this stuff about Shane Gosper. Oh, he, like, oh, he, he's he's a 65-point defenseman. You don't get that much. It, it's it's all talk, so he doesn't get he doesn't give away too much on what he's actually mm-hmm. doing. It's 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 typical GM talk, and that's why I keep saying. It's not like where, he's not say much. Yeah, he's definitely not. And then when you look at, just a defensive lineup for next year. You Provorov, you lose Niskanen, who's going to be playing that top pairing spot. You're looking like you're going to keep Sandheim and Myers in the same pairing just because of how much chemistry those two have with each other. Then you have Braun and Justin Braun and then Robert Haig. Maybe a Mark Freeman slides in there too. And then if I look at that top pairing, I don't see Myers or Sandheim ready for that top spot just yet. I don't either. But and, just, and Ghost, you know. he's just... It, it just... I know, like, a couple of years ago, he had those stints with Provorov and during that 65-point season. It's just that I don't think it's going to work right now just of how poorly he plays defensively and how he's just very inconsistent on the offensive side. And it's like what you said, Chris. If he's not going to be utilized right, get rid of him. Get the cap off the team. Look for a team that would want to get him or something like that. His value is definitely not that high at all. It's definitely on the very low side. Just find a way. You get him off the team. He's definitely going to be traded within the next few days. I just have that feeling. But just because of how the the course right now is, you've got to find a top two pair in defenseman, at least top four. You have to do it right now. And Ghost is not that guy. I mean, I mean, I'm not really sure if I agree with that, to be honest with you, because like I think I think his to some teams, I think his his uh I'm trying to think of the, the correct wording here. I guess his I guess his his potential ceiling, whatever you want to call it, I think it's high for some teams. I just think they don't know what the Flyers want back, honestly. Like, do the Flyers move him for a forward? Do they move him for, you know, a defenseman? I'm not sure. Can they trade a defenseman for a defenseman? Why not? You know? I mean, I think they're fine with 
um, you know, Friedman back there. This might be one of the reasons why they locked up Friedman so early because they knew about Niskanen. Same with, I mean, Braun literally came like what, like 20, 30 minutes after Niskanen. So, you know, they, they kind of knew about that. I mean, obviously, they knew about it, but they knew what they had to sign Braun. Um, and they ended up doing that to a very team serviceable deal, which we talked about before. So, like, dude, like, I'm thinking about it. Like, if they seriously, like, honestly, like, I'm just so tired of them, you know, saying all this stuff because they're not going to do it. They're not. No matter how good the guy plays, he will not be in the lineup consistently. And and again, if he has one bad mistake, he's going to be either sent down to Lehigh Valley for a conditioning stint. And when I meant that earlier, meaning like when he was sent down, he made that one bad mistake and everybody crapped on him for that, for that game. Well, I honestly thought he had a pretty good game versus New Jersey, if you remember it. They lost five. The game they lost five nothing at home. I think that was one of the last games he played last year, um, or it was one of his final games. But it was the game where it was like he didn't look that bad, and it was like okay, if if he plays good this game, they'll use him. And he didn't look good at all. I mean, he had a pretty solid game up until that one turnover he had, and it was breakaway goal the other way from Wood. And it's like, oh, you know, and he's sent down to Lehigh Valley for a condition. He's done. Av had said they probably should have done that before, but even still. You should have done it before. I don't understand. I mean, yeah, obviously, he corrected himself, but it's like, come on, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, as I said, I don't really think the Niskanen thing affects Ghost at all. I think they still move him. I just don't know what team can want would want him. I mean, there are many teams that could use him. I just don't know who. Because, again, his salary, his cap isn't bad, and his age is – he's still in the prime age of his career where he can still be used in many ways. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. It's just the potential for him to maybe reach that height that he had a couple of years ago. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how teams value Ghost. And that right now, his just trade value right now, it's probably not the highest where it could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe his trade value is a little bit low, but you just got to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe you'll see some trades tomorrow. You just never know. And we'll basically just have to wait and see these next few days and see what happens because free agency starts on Friday. And, uh, it's going to be a, a tough task right here for Chuck Fletcher. He knew since the end of the playoffs that Niskanen was retiring, and he probably knew it was going to be his goal to find another top-pairing defenseman. So we'll see what happens in the next few days or so. I do expect tomorrow's draft between rounds two and seven, maybe even after the draft ends, maybe that's when you start seeing the trade rumors circling up and you actually see some trades start going back and forth be- around the league. Maybe the Flyers are involved around in that situation. We'll just have to wait and see so this is going to do it for this episode of the florida podcast your post round one draft episode so thank you for listening to this episode of the florida podcast don't forget to follow us on our social media pages instagram youtube twitter facebook all the social media pages so thank you for listening to this episode i'm your host amadeo gracia he is chris mayer and we will see you next time